Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there's so much information out there, so I'm bringing on expert guests and sharing my own experiences to help you sift through all the wellness stuff without the BS. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I love today's episode so much. I actually just listened back to it to do notes for this episode, and I actually loved it even more in listening back than I did recording it. So I'm talking to Emily DiDonato. She has been on the show before. If you've been listening for a while, you might remember we did an episode back in, I believe, April 2021. We actually figured it out when we were talking because I had just gotten fat transfer in my face like the week before. And I look at pictures and videos from that episode and I'm like, whoa, I was incredibly swollen. But anyway, I'm digressing. But we did get into a lot of her background and it was a really interesting episode. So if you want, you can go back and listen to that one. But we did get into some of her background in today's episode too. And if you're familiar with Emily, then you may know that she has been a very successful model and then she's pivoted to content creation. She's also the co-founder of the skincare brand Covey, and she's a mom. And we get into all of that in today's episode. So we do talk about her background. I thought it was fascinating to hear her story of being discovered in a mall and then almost instantly shooting for Ralph Lauren and kind of being launched into this career. I'm so curious about what that experience is like. And she gets into all of it. She gets into the comparison trap and how the modeling industry is improving, what it was really like being a model. She talks about learning from people like Adriana Lima. And we talk about kind of the next frontier that we both see coming, which is like ageism. And we talk about ageism in modeling. She actually made a really interesting comparison between athletes and models where a lot of people age out of their profession at like 25 or 30. And then what do you do after that? And she got into content creation. And then, like I said, she co-founded Covey. So she talks about that pivot. And we also talk about motherhood. And she's really honest. We talk about motherhood in the end of the episode. She's really honest about her experience and her struggles with being a parent and her loss of identity and her self-esteem and how her body has changed and her struggle with body image and her pregnancy journey. So I think a lot of people will really appreciate that part of the conversation as well. So anyway, a little bit about Emily. She's a globally recognized supermodel. Over her 10 plus year career in the modeling industry, she's graced the covers of Vogue, Allure, Glamour, Maxim, and she was the face of Maybelline Cosmetics for a long time. She is the co-founder and creative director of Covey Skincare. So she founded Covey Skincare with her business partner and her best friend. They came up with the idea in 2018 after a holiday to Iceland. 
they bonded over their extensive skincare routines and their frustration on the lack of results despite their elaborate routines. And she talks about this in the episode, too. And from there, the idea for Covey Skincare was born on the premise of removing the guesswork out of skincare by minimizing routines without sacrificing effective formulas. So with that, please enjoy Emily DiDonato. Welcome, Emily. Hi, thanks for having me again. Very excited to have you here. Last time you were here, we just figured out was spring of 2021. Yes. I remember that because it was right after I got my fat transfer (laughs) (laughs) to my face. And I look back on it now and I'm like, God, I was so like swollen and puffy. But that is the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that timestamp. And I was like, was I pregnant? Yes. And we were like, OK, we figured it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And no, you had no kids at that time, right? No kids. Things were very different, I would imagine. You still lived in the city. Lots of life changes have yes, happened. Absolutely. Then. In two years, I left New York City and popped out two kids. So, yeah, a lot has changed. <laughs> two kids in two years. Yeah, I I did that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I can tell you whether or not it was a good idea. <laughs> They're worth it, but what a journey. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to get into motherhood and how that's changed everything from your life, your business, how you approach all of it, self-image, I would imagine, priorities change, all of that. But I did want to rewind a little bit because, you know, the audience has grown so much since you were last on and it was a really good episode. So if people want, they can go back and listen to that. But why don't we kind of start at the beginning, Mm -hmm. because I think it's really fascinating to hear about your experience in the modeling industry. And it really kind of shaped who you are Mm -hmm. today, I would imagine. So tell us about like where you're from, how you got scouted, all Mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. So I'm originally from upstate New York, like an hour and a half north of here. Very normal background. My dad was a New York City firefighter. My mom was a stay at home mom. And I started modeling when I was 17 years old. I got scouted at a mall, the Danbury Mall, to be specific. Great, great mall. There was like a modeling competition happening there. And a scout came up to me and they were like, do you want to like get on stage and do this competition? And you know, when you see those things happening in the mall and you're like, that's not real, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's like a fake for show, for play thing. It ended up being very real. And there were real agents there from like IMG, Wilhelmina, Elite. I, my mom still has everyone's cards because they like gave the, her all their cards. And we're like, wow, like how did we not know that that was a legit thing? I mean, I guess eventually we did realize it was legit because then after that, I shortly went to New York City. I met with all of these agents. Many of them actually said no to me. I think I still had braces at the time, which is so that makes sense. I'm sure they were like, come back to me when you like don't have acne and braces. Um, But one agency did believe in me and signed me on. And then I think I got my braces off shortly after that. And they sent me out to castings and I like booked a Ralph Lauren campaign like very shortly after that. And I was like, okay, so I guess I'm like a model now. Um, It happened really, really quickly for me. And I'm grateful that it happened that way because I don't know how long I would have stuck it out if I was like stomping the pavement for many, many years because it's a really tough industry. So yeah, that's kind of my background on modeling. So I've been doing that since 2008, over 10 years, which is wild. And I was the face of Maybelline for 13 years and have done a ton in fashion. So I've had like a great, great go there. And then in 2021, I started my skincare brand Covey. And that's been a wonderful journey and a wonderful ride. I came from the school of thought that more was more when it came to beauty because I came from fashion and I was a beauty model and realized less was more. So created the super simple, effective routine designed for all skin types. And then like we mentioned, I also had two kids. I launched Covey in March of 2021 and then also had two kids in that time span. So that was like the biggest challenge of my whole life. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say you have three babies. (laughs) I have three babies. I know. And they all bring out such different emotions in me and like parts of my personality. And sometimes I'm so grateful for that. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I could just like master one of these things. But you actually can't master any of them. So Mm -hmm. never mind. (laughs) Yeah, I want to get into all of that. But I want to rewind to what that was like for you going from being at the Danbury Mall. I feel like if that were to happen to an adult, it might be more destabilizing than it is for somebody who's a teenager. Good point. Because I feel like when you're a teenager, everything's new. Mm-hmm. Like, And you're just kind of 
flexible and malleable. So I wonder if that was your experience at all, where you're just kind of like, okay, this is happening and like not putting too much stock into it. Well, I think I had to make the tough decision because I, that started when I was like 17 years old and all of my friends were applying to colleges. Mm. And I was like, do I really want to do this full time and like not go to college? And that was a huge deal then. I feel like now it's cool. Like people are like, who cares? Don't go to college. Yeah. But back then that was like not a thing. Mm-hmm. So for me to make that decision, like I hemmed and hawed about that decision with my parents, like just thinking like, is this really what I want to do? And I think I was like, I really think I could do it and be successful. And I'm glad that I stuck it out and did it. But it, I put so much pressure on myself to be successful at it, though, which I'm glad that I did. It panned out. But at the same time, like it was a lot for a teenager to be like, I really have to make this work because I don't know what the backup plan is, I guess I could go to college later in life. But like Mm -hmm. my friends are already like in their sophomore, junior year and like done and can't wait to get out. You know, I just would never have the real college experience. Mm -hmm. So it was a tough decision for sure. And I put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. What did that look like? Did you move to the city? Were you in like a model Mm -hmm. apartment? (laughs) So no, I was never in a model apartment. Actually, I moved here into my own studio apartment And I famously, like my husband and I always joke, I never had a roommate except for him. (laughs) And I did that because, you know, like I mentioned, I started working like really early on when I, by the time I like did my first shoot, I did like one editorial in Glamour Magazine and then Maybelline saw that editorial and then they signed me as one of their global spokesmodels. So I literally went from like being in biology class to like being in commercials with Adriana Lima and like Christy Turlington. And in 2008, like especially Adriana Lima, like someone like that, you're like, I was like, I don't, are you sure you want me to be here? Like, do you know that I have no idea what I'm doing? And they were aware that I had no idea what I was doing because <laughs> everyone was like, we'll show you how to do this. I'll never forget on set. They would be like, just watch Adriana or like, just watch like this person. I'd be like, what do you mean? Just watch them. And I would like, just try to copy what they were doing. Cause I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Did you have imposter syndrome? I feel like I was just so green and energetic that I was Mm -hmm. just like, okay, like Mm -hmm. I can do that. Like a sponge. I think, yeah, you're like a sponge and just so excited to be there, which I think is just being young and in that space. I think the imposter syndrome and that awareness comes more when you're like older. Yes. Where you should be more like, I've worked my way here. I deserve to be here. And I guess you don't really have that like hindsight, like how exciting for me to be here. Instead, you're just like, Am I, should I be here? I don't deserve this. Like everyone else is so much cooler than me. Mm-hmm. So I wish I could get back that like 17 year old, like, I'm just happy I'm here. Yeah. It's like a naivete. <laughs> yes. But it's useful. Exactly. In those kind of circumstances, even for somebody who's not in the modeling industry. I think True. back to like when I was younger, I have a very different trajectory, (laughs) but like I always just kind of had this like naivete and I think it worked Mm -hmm. to my advantage for sure. Yeah. (laughs) What were some lessons that you learned, whether it was from specific people like that who were, you know, where they were in your industry or if it was just a lesson from the experience itself? Yeah. I think like on your note or kind of what I was saying about watching other models and learning as you go, like, a lot of my modeling career and being on shoots and like being thrown in different situations was like a very fake it till you make it type of confidence that I would bring to the table. Like Mm -hmm. I was just thrown into so many situations where I was like, I don't know these people. You're often with strangers almost all the time as a model. There's not that like continuity that you get with another job. You're like in a different country. People don't speak the language. Like you're really just trying to figure out and you're so young, but I would always just like fake the confidence and fake kind of knowing what I was doing. And that got me a long way. And then as an adult, like, and as your life evolves and your businesses grow, you realize that most adults are also just like fake and pretending at what they're doing. So then sometimes when I'm in situations where I'm intimidated, I'm like, no one knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm just imagining if I were a model, (laughs) I feel like I would be constantly comparing myself or yes, do you not because you're already there? No, I I think like now I've moved past that because I'm in a different chapter of my life. Mm -hmm. But I think when I reflect back to being younger, I absolutely compared myself so much and would really beat myself up so much for not like looking a certain way. Like especially when I started 2008, 2009, 2010, that was peak like Victoria's Secret Angels. Mm -hmm. And it was just one body type that was pretty much always portrayed like 
quite literally every model had the exact same measurements and you were we were all working to have the exact same measurements which was very very small mm-hmm. and I never really was that and I was always fighting to be smaller 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 and it, it never worked out for me in that sense I mean I had a wonderful career, but I wasn't like tiny and all that. But yes, I would always compare myself and kind of be like, why can't I just be like them? And why can't I just be like, have six pack abs like all year round? Like I have to fight for it. So there was definitely like a frustration there. But then at the same time, like there's no point in being frustrated about it. Cause like when you're being casted for a job as a model, like sometimes they like want a blonde instead of a brunette. Like it kind of has nothing to do with you at the same time, Mm -hmm. but that's hard to like know when you're younger. Yes. Yeah. I was going to ask like, if you feel like being in that environment made you more confident because I know how it is when you're working at a job and you have success and you gain confidence from that for sure. Mm. But it also seems like it could have made you more insecure. I think that it probably made me more insecure when I was younger because Mm -hmm. like the thing about modeling is like you can be doing all the great jobs and be at the top of your game. And then one day people can be bored of you and not want to work with you anymore, like (laughs) drop you. There's it's not like other industries where you work hard and you hit your marks and then you you know, get promoted. It's uh, being a model is like being an athlete, like with age and with time, your value can decrease. And that sounds absolutely horrible. And there are, of course, still models working into their 30s, 40s and 50s. But that is just the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. So I think that like it didn't make me more confident. I think confidence definitely came from like my later chapters, even content creation and kind of having more agency in what I was doing and what I was working on, working on my skincare brand, becoming a mother. But I think it's also because like those are very challenging. There's more challenges there than being a than being a model and what comes with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard you make the comparison between model and athlete before, and I never really thought about it that way. But it's true. I mean, you look at certain sports like football, the NFL. I mean, the majority of people are out like in their early or mid 20s. Totally. And then what? And they're not given really the life skills to (laughs) do something beyond that. And that was so anxiety inducing because I remember that people would say stuff like that to me when I was like 18, 19 years old. They would be like, what's after this? Like, what are you going to do when when you turn 30? They're like, when you're 30, you're all dried up and you're out of here. Meanwhile, I'm like, I feel like my life just started then because you you realize how capable you are. You have more confidence, more experience. You're like, I can do anything I want. Mm -hmm. I'm just like milking this right now. And I'm so glad that I did because it gave me like a level of financial freedom and security that I, to be frank, if I had gone to college, like it just would have never happened for me. I wasn't going to be like some superstar earner in a different industry. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Yeah. I think that ageism is kind of going to be the next frontier that we tackle. I think it's already happening to a certain extent, but I feel like even I had like internalized ageism. Like I said, I'm 37 for the longest time. I was like, I don't want people to know like how old I really am. And And now I'm like, no, I'm actually so proud of it. I feel better than I've mm-hmm. ever felt. I feel like I look better than I ever yeah. felt. I'm more comfortable in my skin. Yes. More life experience, more wisdom, more money, like all of the things. And I think it's really empowering to see women in their 30s, 40s, 50s beyond who are successful and continuing to like learn and build and thrive and grow whatever age they're at. Totally agree. It's so funny. It reminds me of like when you're scrolling through TikTok and you'll see a video of like a beautiful woman in the comments will be like, what? You're 30? Like, no way. And I'm like, guys, do you think you like die at 30? Like, yeah, Yeah. people look great. 30 plus and beyond. I know. I started doing some like skincare and beauty videos on TikTok and they never performed before, like maybe 10, 20,000, mm-hmm. whatever. And then I was like, I'm 37. And yep. this is, <laughs> and I started doing that on every video and they're like all viral. <laughs> and people are well, like, why do you, you keep saying TikTok? your age? And I'm like, because it's my hook. <laughs> like, otherwise nobody cares because it's true. People are like, what? Like you're 37. <laughs> like I'm supposed to like look like a golden girl <laughs> or something. It's totally. crazy. Yes, I completely agree. It's so funny. <laughs> 
I don't know about you guys, but so much of my social media feed is interior design and decor, and I feel inspired a lot of the time to switch things up in my home. And there's one place that makes it really easy because they have such an amazing curation of mid-century modern coastal industrial Scandi and boho designs, pretty much everything that you could be looking for in one place. So this, of course, is Article. I love Article because they believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices too. So if you are switching things up a little more often than maybe you should, you can still do that with Article. Article's team of designers are all about finding the perfect balance between style, quality, and price. They are dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and looks good doing it. I can attest to this. I got the Gabriola ivory boucle chairs last summer. I know you probably know that by now because you hear me talk about them a lot. And I absolutely love them. The entire process from start to finish was so seamless. They arrived so quickly. The people that helped to move them in, set them up, they moved my existing chairs and then they were moved again. And everything is still in tip top shape. And they're just this classic piece that will never really go out of style. And it will always be a style that I keep in my home, even if I move them around or I get different pieces. They kind of work with anything. They're really versatile. So definitely go check those out and check out everything that Article has to offer. They also have fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada, and they won't leave you waiting around. So you pick the delivery time and they will send you updates every step of the way. So Article is offering my listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more to claim. Just visit article.com slash blonde and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com, A-R-T-I-C-L-E dot com slash blonde for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. I find some of the best things on TikTok, whether it is educational or some kind of beauty tip or hack or a recipe or a wellness hack or a product, just everything that I love, I find on TikTok. And one of those things is the viral protein powder. So the Clean Simple Eats protein powder. I saw it all over TikTok. And it's pretty much my newest food obsession. I use it in my oats. I use it in my smoothies. You probably saw I use it in that viral yogurt cup that I made that is still one of the best things I've ever made. My frozen yogurt protein bars, just everything. I like to put it in. It's so good. It doesn't have that chalky aftertaste that a lot of protein powders have. And the flavors are absolutely delicious. So I love the Simply Vanilla. It basically tastes like ice cream or in that yogurt cup, it tastes kind of like vanilla cheesecake. It's so good, but they have tons of other unique flavor combinations. You can actually try 10 different kinds with their protein variety pack, which is only $18 with my code. And I love it because each serving contains 20 grams of grass-fed whey protein. The whey is cold processed from start to finish, which keeps all the nutrients intact. And their formula also contains a digestive enzyme blend to help break down the protein into usable amino acids. So another thing that I love about Clean Simple Eats is their high ingredient standards. Their protein powder is non-GMO, gluten-free, third-party tested, always grass-fed, and made with zero artificial ingredients. So Right now, you can visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code BLONDE at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com and the code is BLONDE for 20% off your first order. Hey, Bestie, I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. We are the hosts of Creeps and Crimes podcast. Every Thursday, Morgan takes us on a deep dive into a paranormal case or a conspiracy theory. And Taylor will bring you a detailed and accurate reporting on a true crime case. Since we launched in 2020, we have never missed a Thursday. With over 160 episodes ready for you to binge, you will never run out of cases. And you can follow along on Instagram at Creeps and Crimes podcast. Whether you're in the car or enjoying a glass of wine, tune in every Thursday to Creeps and Crimes. What are some other ways that you think the industry has changed for the better? Or, I mean, it does seem like it's 
maybe regressing a little bit. We're starting to see like the really skinny, mm-hmm. ozempic, heroin chic look True. back. Um, while yes. it seems like simultaneously brands and designers are trying to be more inclusive. Um, but it's kind of like this dichotomy a little bit. Yeah, it's tough. Like, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, when I started, everyone literally was like blonde hair, blue eyes, Eastern European looking and like <laughs> a double zero. And that was like it. Like when I would go to set, I remember I was like a size six brunette with blue eyes. And it was like, whoa, who is that? She's athletic and curvy and a brunette. And I was like, wow, guys, like it's really not that special. But I do think obviously the industry has gotten so much better. I remember that turning point because I remember I was shooting Sports Illustrated consistently for a couple of years in a row. And I remember when Kate Upton came on the scene Mm -hmm. again, not particularly a curvy person. Like when you see her in real life, you're like, people make it seem like You are something you are not. But I remember the conversation started changing and we started slowly seeing a lot of different shapes and sizes and colors and ethnicities coming into the picture, which is great. My only thing sometimes it's the downside with fashion is sometimes it's like a token kind of, you know, Mm. size eight, size 12 walking down the runway. But I also don't want to like knock that down because it's still progress from where things were a couple of years ago. So to answer your question, I think it's gotten like a little bit better. There's a ways to go. But I think on your point, the next thing is age. Mm -hmm. I'm like, guys, I'm 32. (laughs) It's time for my comeback. (laughs) The kids are out. Let's do it. (laughs) Are you having are you getting more work opportunities now? I mean, do you think that, you know, there isn't this expiration date at 30 that there was? Yeah, I do feel like there's way more opportunities at this age than there were maybe 10 years ago if I had Mm -hmm. been this age. But I just had my second baby about 12 weeks ago. So I'm like just coming to the surface, like meaning Mm -hmm. like even this interview itself, I'm like coming out of like the postpartum fog. Well, I'm very honored that you're here. (laughs) I know that it's been crazy for you. And I was looking at your Instagram and I'm like, I know she just had this baby. Like when was it? What? Wait, what? Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned that you wanted to have more agency over your career. Mm -hmm. And the first step in that was content creation and then obviously Covey, which we'll get to. But what made you decide? Because you started on YouTube, right? I did. Is that just kind of the platform at the time? It definitely was the platform. I also remember like the pivotal moment when I started to focus on content creation. I want to say it was like 2014 or 2015. And I remember it was when bloggers were huge. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being on set and everyone being so mad when influencers would be on set with like models (laughs) and they would be like, oh my God, like, what are these influencers doing here? They're not models. Do like, you remember who? Oh my gosh, I can't even <laughs> tell you. But I remember it being like a thing. And we were all kind of like, I mean, I didn't care. But people yeah. were so poo-poo on influencers and models. But then I would look at influencers and bloggers and it, I'd find out and hear that like they were making X amount of dollars per day with their blog or their paid post. And I'm like, I'm on set for 10, 12 hours a day wearing like 100 different outfits and they're getting paid more than me. Like, what? <laughs> so then I was like, I could share my life. Like, I was like, I could do that. And by the way, when I started doing it, and yes, I did start on YouTube, Instagram definitely first, because that was like kind of easier. And I was sharing behind the scenes on set and all that. Then I went into YouTube, which was definitely more of like, I'd say like a work load. Mm. But I was like, okay, this is definitely like a bit more work than I anticipated, but it was so worth it and so much more fun. It definitely took more time to like build it up. But I remember when I started doing YouTube, I would go to set and people would be like, really? Like, are you a vlogger? Like, okay. (laughs) And I'd be like, do you want to be in my video or not? And then like, (laughs) like I remember weeks and months later, like people would be like, wait, how did you do that? Still people message me and they're like, can we talk about YouTube and like how you did that? And I'm like, that's hilarious that people are now are like, I guess I should do that. Mm -hmm. Even with TikTok, like, I'm sure you know this too. Like when something comes out, you're like, I might as well try. Yeah. Like I got to dabble. I got to figure it out because I refuse to be one of those people who are like, I don't know how that works. Yep. I'm like, I'll figure it out. Yes. Yeah. TikTok was the bane of my existence for a while only because I felt like, okay, mm-hmm. got the Instagram thing, like multiple accounts, one for the podcast, one for me. And then the podcast, which is so time consuming. And then thankfully I have people who run like the website and Pinterest and like these other mm-hmm. platforms. But then TikTok came and initially I was hoping it would go away. <laughs> I was like, yes, go That's how away. I feel about threads. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, God, can you go? I did about two days on threads. Yeah, same. <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> but I was like, I did notice that when I'm consistent on TikTok and maybe mm-hmm. it's like this with YouTube, I mm-hmm. my YouTube was short lived. I do notice growth across all mm-hmm. the other platforms. And so they kind mm-hmm. of you can funnel them into each other. And I think 
TikTok, the opportunity for discoverability is just more so than any other platform. So I think it's great to utilize. And especially if somebody is just starting out, I'm like, go to TikTok. 100%. Because you can gain a following there, like if you're consistent and... Mm -hmm. You know, you just got to do the things. You got to have the hook. And <laughs> mm-hmm. it's so true. It's like marketing 101. Yeah. But I completely agree. Like the growth and what you can achieve on TikTok. And it's also like you can talk about anything. And mm-hmm. there is someone out there who's going to be like, oh, my God, really? Yeah. Like some of the things I share, I'm like, you guys want to know about that? Like, OK. Like and it's becoming a search engine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was reading about that, about how it's kind of I don't know if it's beating out Google, but within a certain demographic for sure. And I'll go search for things on TikTok if I'm like, oh, what does that like laser do? And I'll go mm-hmm. and watch people. And so I'm like, oh, that's how much downtime. Like I'm yes. going to go there before I'm going to go to like Google. Oh my God, I did the same thing because I was looking up Fraxel because I uh-huh. did Fraxel on my stomach because I have stretch marks for my baby. And I mm-hmm. went to TikTok yeah. and I was like, I want to see before and after. Because you're going to see like the real thing yeah. you're gonna see kind of the unfiltered yeah. real review experience journey whatever you want to call it but it is hard to diversify across all of the platforms and like you said it is a little bit more work than I think people would anticipate totally so how did you balance how do you balance all of that with being an entrepreneur and yeah still having a modeling career Mm-hmm. and being a mom. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely hard. And like, I feel like I every day I'm still trying to figure out what the best rhythm is. And even after having the baby, I'm like trying to structure my days to try to figure out like, how do I work and how can I be productive and still like enjoy my life, see my kids, focus on the things that I want to focus on. So for me, it's carving out like the morning is my best like working time. So that's when I shoot content, whether it's for myself or for my skincare brand. And I only block out two hours a day, three times a week. And I'm like, this is when I just like do content in my bathroom, get dressed in front of the camera, because I find that like some people can just do a day of content. I can't do that. I burn out in two seconds. I just need like an hour to uninterrupted to just like do content. Maybe I just want to edit and like be in that creative zone. And that gives me momentum for the rest of the week because then I I get most excited about editing content and that side of things. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I have all this stuff that I have to edit and it helps me get motivated to do the rest of my week and other things. But I can't just like sprinkle it throughout my day because it just like doesn't work for me and Mm -hmm. it's not motivating. I'm a sprinkler. You're a sprinkler. Yeah. Gosh, it's hard. Yeah. (laughs) It's just too in and out. Yes. I was talking to Cast Amigo. Do you Mm -hmm. know her? Love her. We recorded when I was in Miami. And I was asking her too, like, because she has Orium now mm-hmm. and she's, you know, content creator. And I've had other people on my show, like Mariana Hewitt who mm-hmm. or Lauren Bostick, they batch their time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this day is for podcasts. This day is for content creation. And Cass and I were talking about how we could never do that because I feel like when you're doing something creative, it's hard to just allot a certain amount of time mm-hmm. for that because you don't know if you're going to be feeling it. But I like your way because yeah. it's, it's not like I'm going to do xyz at Mm -hmm. this time you're just kind of putting the I don't know the boundary up like this is creative time and I can do with it whatever I feel yeah and I do really think that like for me just it it is a version of sprinkling and batching yeah Yeah, like it's a good balance yeah because Mm -hmm. I just found that if I was like and even it's just learning how you work too. Like I would be like, okay, I'm going to block off the afternoon. Like I hate the afternoons. I slump after 2 p.m. Like that is not the time for me to try to be like, hey guys, like guess what I'm doing today? It's the morning for me. That's when I'm pep and I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. So that's how I figured it out. And then I just have to be super protective of my time when I want to be with my kids. When is that? What does that look like? So on Sunday nights, I just have to be super diligent and go through my calendar, my husband's calendar. We have a weekly meeting to figure out like, where are you this night? Where am I? Who's going to be with the kids? Like, how are we scheduling that? It really becomes like your whole life becomes like a business and a system that you Mm -hmm. have to like work around if you want to fit everything in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you listen to the Ed Milet Mm-mm. podcast. I'm going to send you this because <laughs> this was another thing Cass and I were talking about. And she said, oh, you have to listen to this episode with Rob Deerdeck on Ed Milet. Oh, and I, was like, I think really? I did listen to this. And it's all about how his life and his mm-hmm. marriage and his time and everything is a system. Yes. And how he honed that system mm-hmm. to run incredibly efficiently. Yes. And it sounds like with what you do, I was just thinking in my head when you were talking about like having that time, I'm like, wow, that must alleviate that burden of feeling like you need to be Mm -hmm. creating all the time and everything is an opportunity for content. If you know that you're getting it done at these times, Mm -hmm. then I would imagine that it frees up a lot more of that 
mental mm-hmm. space and energy to just be present in the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also like when you carve out that time, what I like about having a shorter window is I, I set the bar super low, <laughs> like two hours. I'm like, I hope I get like one video out of this mm. or like enough content for that. I usually end up doing more, but mm-hmm. I think it's a similar as a workout. Like you can just say you'll do 20 minutes. Like you'll probably do more and you'll probably be happy that you did it. But it's just like getting yourself there. And like I think, you know, being creative, you do just have to like give yourself the time. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because even when I'm like recording on my phone and people are emailing me and texting me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, do I need a whole other phone? Because yeah. I get like, like in and out, in and out. And I'm like D&D life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my D&D goes on as soon as I wake up. Yeah. Really. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's on at night, too. But like I'll check some things and then I'm like, do not disturb. Yeah. For the entire day. Yeah. I, I <laughs> but I don't really have train. people. I mean, I don't have kids. Yeah. I don't have a a business like I feel like I've definitely gotten to a rhythm and I have Mm -hmm. a lot of people that help keep things running and uh, you are a business like this is a business and the podcast and like yeah yeah, I mean how many people do you have on your team that help you like keep all of these content streams like going Mm -hmm. it's a lot yeah there's about 10 people supporting like between podcast, Instagram, managers, like, yeah, network. that's a business. I'm like, you? <laughs> yeah, I, I just mean like a product. And it's something that I've been thinking about getting into for years, but there's just nothing that I feel so passionate about. And I don't want to mm-hmm. just do it just to do it because I know how mm-hmm. time consuming it is. So how did you know when it was time to start Covey? Like, was it just this calling that you felt I think it was a combination of like, it was definitely a calling because at that time, myself and my best friend, like my skin was just falling off of my face. I remember it was so red. It was so irritated. And I remember I had just shot this video, like go to bed with me with Harper's Bazaar. And I was doing like tretinoin and then vitamin C on top and like (laughs) all these things. My skin looked so bad, but I was like, but I'm using all the expensive stuff and like the prescription stuff and it should look so good. (laughs) And it didn't. And I just remember myself and my best friend, we would always bond over it. Like, how do we not know how to do this? Mm. And we always bonded over the fact that when it was time for us to take care of our skin, we went to the Clinique counter and got like their three-step routine. Like, I feel like you're in the same age mm-hmm. bucket as us. Like, yes. we were like, that's what you did. There was like the yellow moisturizer yes. or something. <laughs> and it was three steps. And like, that's yeah. how you started. And I was like, I wish there was like a modern millennial clean version of like Clinique's three-step routine. Mm-hmm. And we were like, let's make it ourselves. Like, let's do it. I could have never done it without her because my best friend, Christina, has been in digital marketing at Google for like 15 years. So I could have never done it without her. But I had the beauty experience and the content experience and all of that. And I think I just felt so passionate about simplifying skincare. It was also the height of Korean skincare and people were doing 10 plus steps. And I was like, I already did that. (laughs) Yeah, I already did that. And my skin was horrible. And I put everything on my face. There's an easier way. There's a simpler way. We partnered with a dermatologist to help us formulate all of the products. But I just wanted to make it like an easier like skincare and that part of your day, like a micro moment that's just for you, that's not confusing or overwhelming. And it's just with ease Mm -hmm. and you can have great skin with less. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, you can. A lot of people are angry with me right now because (laughs) on TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I shared my like, I don't know, 12 step routine and people really are in a space right now where they need that minimalist. Also the economy, like people don't have the Mm -hmm. money to spend on a million different products. So I think it's really important. And I think it's like a really good time for that as mm-hmm. well, especially with like celebrity skincare lines, like other ones coming mm-hmm. out with all these steps and yes. everything like people want efficient and effective. That's the goal. Yeah. Yes. But you do have really great skin. Thank so for you. anyone listening, like your 12 <laughs> steps are working. I, I, I will allow it. <laughs> Thank you. Well, they're all like, it's just Botox. And I'm like, yeah, it's Botox too. But like I had really bad acne last summer out of nowhere. Huh. Cystic acne all over my cheeks, my huh. jaw, my neck could not figure out I would imagine part of it was hormonal because of where it was but I tried everything all the expensive Mm -hmm. skincare I did peels and this and that and the other and it just kept getting worse and I went to my facialist and she put me on Jan Marini which is what I've been using which is really good for adult acne and anti-aging at the same time yeah and so I'm like this is what worked for me Mm -hmm. and you know that experience was really kind of traumatic in a way, like not a big T trauma, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, you know, if you had skin issues, like it can be very 
detrimental to your self-esteem and totally. all of that. Absolutely. So. Like when I remember going through times where my skin was not good on set or like I said, like I remember I would go to set with like after using like tretinoin for like eight days in a <laughs> row, my skin would be like falling <laughs> off and I'd be like, isn't this like supposed to look better or something? And yeah, it messes with your confidence. I'd be doing extreme close-ups and like makeup artists would come over to me and be like, what the hell are you doing to your face? And I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> so hence Cubby being born. Yeah. My best friend, whenever I see her, like I always know when she uses tretinoin because she still doesn't do it. The way right? you're supposed to. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I did the tretinoin peel. And I'm like, it's not a peel. <laughs> like, how much are you using on your face? Because I'll see her and her skin is like flaking off. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't think that's right. Tretinoin peel. Did you find that you had a built in customer already because of your large following? Or did you feel like you had to kind of convince them that this was a good product? I mean, a combo of both. When we launched the brand, there were definitely some people who were just ride or die by me and like mm -hmm. purchased the product. And some of them are still purchasing and subscribers of Covey, which is wild. Um, but we had to do a decent amount of digital marketing, of course, too, and influencer marketing and gifting and like getting it to the right people. Because at the end of the day, even with like, and I think any person would know this with a brand, you'll have your base audience. But the goal is that the brand lives on without me in a way as well. Mm -hmm. So that was always the goal to like get it into other people's hands and other people telling the story and like loving the products outside of just me. So, but yes, I absolutely did have like a ride or die audience that like came through. I'll never forget. Like we didn't have a 3PL or anything like someone packing or shipping for us. We did it ourselves for the first like couple months. So myself and my best friend, Christina, she was my neighbor. She would come over. We had a label maker. And the first day we like sat in my apartment and we <laughs> packed and shipped everything. And we bought these like wheelbarrows and went to USPS, the bane of my existence, horrible, <laughs> horrible place and shipped them all ourselves. Wow. And we were so glad that we did that because we were just like, we don't know if this is going to work. Like we don't want to put up all this infrastructure and pay for all this stuff. What if no one buys it? Then after a few months, we were like, yeah, we mm -hmm. don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> This is not the most efficient use of our time. Yeah, that sounds very overwhelming. How has it grown in the last two years? I mean, it's been really wonderful. I feel like, like I said, we've had like other influencers who love the product, use it, talk about it on Instagram. That's really big. The digital marketing is a huge part of it. So I create a lot of our ads and scripts and focus on that and TikTok, of mm -hmm. course, which has been a huge like place for growth for us. And in general, anytime I talk about Covey or post about it, that's like a huge place where people discover it. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we're in Space NK in Bloomingdale. So we're in retail. So there's been like a really wonderful amount of growth. We've also added members to the team. We're still small. There's only four of us, but it's small but mighty, like we mm -hmm. like to say. Do you want to branch out? with Covey? I think that we will add more products to the lineup, but our, our shtick really is skin minimalism. But for us, we're really routines focused. So mm -hmm. in my ideal world, we create more three-step routines for different skin types and skin concerns. Mm -hmm. So that's our focus. Mm -hmm. We want to stay on the routines and the simplicity, but of course still want to grow. So, and remain with that like three-step system. So that's the plan. Mm -hmm. As I record this, I am sipping on one of my favorite summer drinks, which is a pack of element electrolytes and sparkling water. To me, it kind of tastes like a healthy Sprite. It's so refreshing. And I am getting all the benefits of the added electrolytes in my body. So it is super important, especially in the warmer months when we may be sweating more, maybe people are drinking more, we're working out, being active, running around, traveling. This can all lead to depleted electrolytes and this can lead to losing sodium. In fact, athletes can lose up to seven grams per day. And when sodium is not replaced, it's common to experience things like muscle cramps and fatigue. You can also get headaches. You can just feel like you're not properly hydrated. So I like to replenish my electrolytes daily. I do one pack of Element and it's my favorite because of the flavors and it also contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio. So a thousand milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium with no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. So Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs. I actually started incorporating electrolytes years ago to help with water retention. It's a little bit counterintuitive, but it really 
helps me. So it's not just for athletes and people who are out there sweating a lot. Electrolytes are really important for everybody. And right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any order. So you can get eight single serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. My favorite flavors are the citrus, like I said. I love the orange. I love the watermelon. I love the grapefruit, but all of their flavors are amazing. So again, you can get a free sample pack with any order. Go to drinkelement.com slash blondefiles. And this deal is only available through my link. So go to drinklmnt.com slash blondefiles. You can try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they will give you your money back. No questions asked. Sometimes it seems like in the wellness world, there is this strive for perfection. But in reality, there is no such thing as perfect. There's no perfect workout. There's no perfect diet. And no matter how healthy we are, sometimes we still need a little bit of help. And Ritual knows it's basically impossible to get all the nutrients you need from your diet 100% of the time. So they made a multivitamin that helps you focus on what's important, like filling key nutrient gaps to support foundational health. And I think this is the best approach to wellness that there is. There are things that we can do that are foundational and we don't have to strive for perfection. So I love Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. I have been taking it for years. It's a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. So it has nine key nutrients in just two capsules per day. And their unique beadlet and oil is even patented. It comes in a really minty, fresh tablet. So you don't get that weird supplement aftertaste that others sometimes have. And it's one of the few women's multis that's actually USP verified, meaning What's on the label is what's in the formula. It's also soy-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and formulated without GMOs. So instead of striving for perfect health, aim for supporting foundational health. And right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during your first month. So visit ritual.com slash blonde 30 to start ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today. Again, that's ritual.com slash blonde 30. How did motherhood shifting gears shake the <laughs> rock the boat, I guess? Yeah, because coffee came out around the same time that you got pregnant. It right? did. Yes, okay. it, it certainly did rock the boat. Mm-hmm. I felt like when I was pregnant, I was a very miserable pregnant person both times around. Mm. I found it really difficult and hard on my mental health, my productivity, my body, how I felt about it, my self-esteem, like everything really kind of happened to all at once. So but I'm so grateful that I had Covey because I really poured all my heart and soul into that because I obviously wasn't modeling while I was pregnant. So it almost gave me like a mm. pregnancy maternity leave like that. I was like, all right, I'm not modeling right now. This is my baby and what I'm going to focus on. So everything kind of funneled into that. But it definitely shook things up. And then I had my baby and I was a total basket case for the first few months after my first And thank God that's when I'm very grateful that I launched a business with my best friend because I'd be like crying and she'd be like, I got it. Like, just don't answer the phone. Like, I'll figure it out. So thank God for that. But it certainly shakes things up and it it just it changes you as a person permanently. And sometimes you're like for the good and sometimes you're like for the bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't have kids, but one of the appealing things for me that I've heard other people talk about is that it removes the emphasis off of yourself Mm -hmm. onto something else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think being an influencer and like what you were saying before, I'm kind of my own brand. Mm -hmm. I'm my business. So I have to think about myself and it's fucking exhausting, Mm -hmm. you know, and the thought of like having something else. And I try every day. I try to like redirect my Mm -hmm. attention towards, okay, what am I doing? What am I putting out? How am I being effective for other people? Blah, blah, blah. But I think when you have kids that, happens automatically, right? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely that primal instinct to Mm -hmm. just funnel all your time and energy and love into this 
thing that you just created. That has its downsides too, though, right? Because then yeah. you go from being like me, me, me. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like, I'm my business. I'm yeah. myself. Like I have to put this out there. But then you have to kind of fight for that time back because then you're like, oh my gosh, I just funneled everything into this child. And I don't even remember how to get back to me, mm-hmm. which is like where I'm at right now because my son is now 12 weeks old. And I'm like, wait, what do I like to do again? Mm-hmm. I forgot. Like, who am I? You really, really forget. It yeah, gets that, lost. That was the other piece that I was going to ask you about, like the loss of identity. Majorly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like I just said, I just I have moments where I'm like, I don't remember what I found exciting and joyful outside of my kids. Of course, mm-hmm. my kids make me so happy and I love it. And being a mom is fulfilling, but it's time consuming, energy consuming. It's all encompassing. So like there's times where my husband's like, just go like do your own thing. Like I've got them or like the grandparents are there. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I'm like, where, if you were me, I'm like, what would you do? (laughs) And it's like boring stuff, right? It's like going to get a manicure pedicure and like going for a leisure walk. And Mm -hmm. you do appreciate those times so much more after you have kids. Like it does make I feel almost stoned when I have those moments. Cause I'm just like, I'm just like here by myself, (laughs) just like I used to be. And it's just really intoxicating and wonderful. So Uh that's kind of nice too. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. I feel like I have a lot of friends and just people that I know and who I follow who are kind of at your stage where Mm -hmm. they have young kids and it's all consuming. Mm -hmm. And I see when they have like a parent's night out or like a mom's night out and they are like (laughs) fucking YOLOing out. Like, like you said, it, talk, it looks intoxicating. Yes. I'm like, wow, they look like they're really living right now. <laughs> I totally get it. Yes. Cause like when you're going to do it, you're like, it's almost also because like, if you're taking time away from your kids, you mm-hmm. have to make it worth it. It's yeah. the same with work and business too. Yes. Cause when I'm like taking time away, like to work on something for Covey and I'm, I am missing out on something with my kids. I'm like, this better work. I'm mm-hmm. going to like put my all into this and figure it out because otherwise I'm just like lollygagging and missing out on crucial time with my kids. So your time does become a lot more squeezed, but Mm -hmm. it also makes you more thoughtful, appreciative and like possessive of your time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like you're very intentional. Yes, exactly. What other systems do you have in place? So you have the content times, Mm -hmm. you have the meetings and the calendars and all of that. But what are some things that you have in place to like, I don't want to say like practice self-care, but Mm -hmm. just like have a balance if at all. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for me, the calendar is the big thing and I just have to calendar everything, including workouts, including creative time, including like, this is when I'm going to be with my kids is when I'm traveling to go like to the store or like, maybe I just want to go for a walk. Like it's all just like in the calendar. And then of course, just making sure that my husband and I have our weekly meeting and we talk about everything from like house, kids, relationship, gifts, friendships, travel, like We just hit it every week because that is the biggest and most important meeting of the week to figure out like, what are we eating for dinner? What nights are you going to be home? It's like boring and like admin heavy, Mm -hmm. but it is. And we crunch it into like a very quick 30 minute window, but that's very much worth it. But the self-care is hard, especially now because it's like during the week I'm working on Covey. I have a nanny who's with my kids and so helpful and I love her so much, but now your weekends aren't really your weekends anymore because you Mm -hmm. have your kids. So it's hard to be like, well, when am I going to do the self-care stuff? Because it's not really on the weekends because I'm with my kids and during the week I'm working. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's that's tough. I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. Your self-care is happening before 7 a.m. or after 7 p.m. when they're asleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever mm-hmm. you can fit in then. It seems like you have a really balanced view on your career and yourself and all of that. But I would imagine that having kids and your body changing and all of that would be a little bit disruptive mm-hmm. to like, I don't know, this this body image that mm-hmm. you have and this confidence and security. Oh, yeah. Has that affected you? And how are you navigating? That? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my. Where do we start? <laughs> Pregnancy. It's funny. I was just talking to my very good friend, Kate Bach, who just had a baby who's also a model. And it's like the start of pregnancy, watching your body expand and change. And it's really, really difficult, especially coming from being a model where the goal was always to be smaller, smaller, smaller. Mm-hmm. And now I'm supposed to be happy that my body is getting bigger, bigger, bigger. <laughs> so that is the start of it. And then, you know, after you have kids, like, I mean, you are just like, torn apart literally and figuratively Mm -hmm. like both times I had really big babies 
And it is like such a journey to find yourself again. And it's small things, right? Like you don't get how much you appreciate just like fitting into your jeans or like feeling good when you like go out for dinner. But this period when you're in postpartum too, like the stretch marks and the tears and the recovery and you're not working out, you've got a newborn, like you're trying to figure it all out. You might have a partner or a husband. Sometimes you forget they're there. You're like, <laughs> oh my God, forgot about you. It's really, really, really hard and a hundred percent hard on my mental health. Like I will not lie that therapy has been needed. My partner takes the brunt a lot of it because I'm like, oh my God, this is awful. Like, what did I do? <laughs> there are so many times where I'm like, what did I do? Like, this is insane. Like, what if I just didn't do this? And I was just like bopping along, like doing my own thing. But then you have these like sparks of joy with your kids. That you're like, oh my God, I'm going to have a hundred of these. <laughs> and sometimes I am like, I want like three, four kids, but mm -hmm. it's hard. Like I just started working out again. Even that part, you're like, oh, like I can't do what I used to do. Like I'm not as strong or like my agility, all of that. Like, cause I'm very athletic and sporty. And I'm like, gosh, I got to like <laughs> also starting on rock bottom with all of that too. Mm. But I do think it's really hard and there's not a lot of support and conversation around like, you know, pregnancy, postpartum and the body journey there, because I think there's a lot of conversation around like what your body is doing is amazing. Yes, It's, and it is amazing. And I have like a respect and a, a admiration for what women can do. Like women are bosses. Like it's insane, but that doesn't mean it doesn't come with a lot of feelings around how you look and your identity and just feeling kind of low. Like I was just like, are we all just like walking around? Like we love our kids, but like our bodies are just like falling apart. Yeah. And for a period of time, like, yeah, that is. So mm -hmm. I'm like on my journey now to like find myself again and like feel good again. But I'm in that interim, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I really appreciate your honesty. And I think so many people listening will as well, because, yeah, it seems like the emphasis is always on mm -hmm. look at what my body did or look how mm -hmm. amazing women are. And we should be grateful for mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not including myself in this, but be grateful for the stretch marks and the quote unquote battle wounds and, you know, what carrying this life gave me. And it's like, well, you can do both, right? Like yes. you can appreciate that. And also I would imagine like it would just be such a difficult experience to have your body change so dramatically in a relatively short period of time. And I'm thinking like, yeah. if that happened to men, like they would, <laughs> humanity uh, would end. Yeah. No offense, but it'd be over. <laughs> We'd all be listening. done. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think like what I try to remind myself is like, I think that it's, it's similar to the conversation around body positivity that it's like, love, 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 love your body. Mm. I think it's okay to not be like, this is not my favorite chapter. This is not the chapter where I like feel my most best and most confident, but time goes on, things move on. Like it's not always going to be that way. And luckily I know that cause I've already had a baby. So I'm like, it'll all figure itself out. I just have to give it time and energy and like all of that. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's okay to be like, am I thriving in this chapter? Like with my body positivity, not exactly, mm -hmm. but it is a chapter. It will move on. I'll get through it. But I do think, yeah, the conversation around it is usually around like, you're so lucky. You should be grateful. Your body is amazing, but there's definitely, it's a very complicated feeling. I think. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for people listening who might be going through that? Because I feel like so many of the questions that I get from the women who follow me are about changing their body. Mm -hmm. What workouts can you do to lean out your legs and what do you eat? And mm -hmm. I don't like this about myself. And we're always we're always nitpicking. Mm -hmm. And for me, like I went through I had to get to my own rock bottom with wellness stuff where I was over exercising and mm -hmm. under eating and beating my body into submission to the point where I was like, this is fucking terrible. Mm -hmm. And I talked about this in a solo episode last week. Like I didn't get sober from like debilitating drug and alcohol addiction just to be like a prisoner of something right. else. And sometimes these like lifestyle habits could be really like constraining and isolating mm -hmm. and suffocating. So that was my journey. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't really know yeah. what to tell you, but do you have any tips? Cause I would imagine you've been through so many different phases, both 
in the modeling industry before you were a mother and now? Yeah. I mean, I think in the phase that I'm at now in terms of like feeling better about my body and my figure, it's like I'm in a chapter where I like I'm not obsessing about the mirror. And if Mm -hmm. you are like sitting there staring in the mirror, some of my I think some of my darkest phases of my life are when I'm very like me focused, mirror focused, like and then in the harshest, meanest way, like I'm like, you need to find other things to do with yeah. your time. And I mean that in, in in a kind way. I mean, you need to fill your life with other things. Otherwise, like that conversation with yourself in the mirror will take over your it can take over your entire life and mood and energy. And you're just like obsessed with that, which I'm sure it sounds like you've gone through similar mm-hmm. phases and then it's all you can think about. So I try to like not be like, don't do that don't focus on yourself. It's not that, but it's like, try to fill your life with other things that are going to like make you happy and fulfill you outside of just focusing on your body. But I also think like for myself, the best way to do it is truly in the most balanced way. Like you want to think like more is more. Same way I'm just saying with skincare, like mm-hmm. more working out, like more of this, more of that. And, and that's not the case for me. Like the most balanced approach is always the best for me. It's like walking more and like making sure that I'm eating a lot of protein. And I like, like to lift weights because that's good for me long-term. And I also want to have muscle. Like I'd kind of take the more like holistic approach to it. There are no like shortcuts. There's just no mm-hmm. way. It truly is like the full picture way, which it sounds like you also had to mm-hmm. take that approach. Yeah. And to your point about like not obsessing over yourself and looking in the mirror, that was a big shift that came for me Mm -hmm. too, where I was like, wow, I learned how to like direct my energy outwards. And that's where I have relief. Like if I'm sitting there and I think people have a misconception about content creators in general, where like you're just, I don't know, just thinking about yourself. I'm like, no, I have like self fatigue. Like I'll do my (laughs) videos and then I'm like done. Like I don't want to think about myself. I'm not like obsessing over how I look like none of that. You have to find other things that are fulfilling because if you sit there like on social media all day, or looking in the mirror, mm-hmm. you're going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And I go through moments like that where I'm just like consuming, consuming, consuming mm-hmm. content. And you're just like, this is making me feel so much worse. And especially when I was pregnant and postpartum, there are certain people I just like mute because I'm mm-hmm. like, I just can't consume this type of content right now because it just sends me into a spiral. So like, don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't. She's not. <laughs> Moral yeah. of the story. Well, thank you so much for coming on again and coming back especially after your most recent baby. And I just love your perspective on everything. And I'm going to try minimalist skincare. Let me know. Do a TikTok about it. But for thank sure. you so much yeah. for having me. This thank is great. You. Where, where can everybody find Covey? You can find Covey at Covey Skin or just CoveySkin.com. And then I'm just at Emily Donato. You can find me there. Thank you so much. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. You can go to ariellaurie.com. And I'm always posting about each episode over on my personal page at ariellaurie. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.